Welcome to Off the Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Oh, welcome to another edition of Off the Bench with Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews. Only three to go, Sats. Two more after this week, and then uh, we put our feet up until March next year. No, all you do, I've still got to continue on off the bench. Oh, do I put my feet up, do I? I don't have anything else to do. No, absolutely nothing Mm. like you did last year. (laughs) I'll be here working away, playing the best of sports day. So that means we have to do some best of bits. On sports day, so we still got we still got weeks to come up with something that's worthwhile listening to for two or three months. I reckon I might be able to pull something out of the archives from February. <laughs> so anyway, there's there was one I think it was one good break we did. Uh, well, you and Badge <laughs> did back in February. We might be able to uh, pull that one out. Hey, welcome to the show. Big one today. Cam Smith joins us to talk uh, about the NRL finals and taking weeks off and stuff like that. And I know you want to talk about weeks off. We'll get to that. Uh, very soon. Uh, tips for the elimination semi-finals being played in Mackay. Fascinating place to have these finals. I I have an opinion as to why they're in Mackay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in regional Queensland, because yep. there was always this fear leading up to two weeks outside of the grand final. In case southeast Queensland got shut down because of coronavirus, they were safe to go ahead. Exactly right. But no. they had to come back to town in the last two weeks. Mm. Uh, to get those numbers up for the prelims and obviously yeah, for the Yeah, it's strategic final. and it's it's smart as well. Outside of that, the rugby union, the rugby championships have been played at Seabus and Suncorp as well. So to minimise... And Townsville. They've been, and Townsville. They're in Townsville well, next Suncorp weekend. Suncorp this weekend. Yep. Um, Seabus last weekend. So not available this weekend yep. for some of the games, some of the NRL games. So it makes sense from a from a health point of view and, um, and the ability That's... to not affect the, the competition. But also... Yeah, 7,000 people in Mackay. It's never happened before. One finals match, two finals matches on a weekend. Is that all the ground holds? Yeah. Well, they had Elton John there years ago, and I think it was about thirteen or 14,000. That was on the field as well. Yeah. But because of uh, COVID protocols, uh, everyone has to be seated. They brought some seats in as well. A lot of it is a hill on the north, right. north uh, south, and yeah, north, south, and yeah, west, I think it is. Um, I hope the ticket prices are reasonable. If you're in Mackay and you're listening, let us know, 0477 because I bought my prelim tickets for yep. myself and Aria um, to go and see Souths. Yep. And, mate, I was really impressed by the ticket prices. Like, I mean, I got absolutely robbed on the Sunshine Coast when I went to see Souths and the Warriors. Yeah. But I bought two tickets to Suncorp, 57 bucks, and I'm And I'm actually in a fairly – Good position. For a prelim final. For a prelim final. For two tickets. Yep. Wow. You know, and I, it was about it was about thirty bucks for me and twenty bucks for Ari. And then there's like the you know the booking fee that goes on it. But I was really impressed by that. I, mm. I was expecting at least a hundred and something. So well, it's just great for Mackay also, which which you know, has gone through a period where they've struggled when the haven't they? Yeah, when, yeah, different mining. mining and had, had uh, not shut down, but minimised in relation to employment opportunities and yeah, Rockhampton a little bit the same. So. Uh, yeah, it's great that they get both these games. You know, people will travel from all over the state. People will drive. It's a good location. People will drive isn't it? four or five hours. It's, yeah. it's a really good central point yeah, that's between right. Central Queensland and North Queensland. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they'll have about I think just under seven thousand people from memory they'll have there with some imported seating and everything. But you know, it's all tickets have been sold out to both games. Have been for a while. So yeah, it's outstanding. Yeah, it's great for the game. Uh, good for the kids as well to to see their heroes in action. You know, like what a what a game on Saturday night. Penrith versus Parramatta. One of the 
oh. you know, mortal enemies, one of the great jewels in rugby league. And, um, yeah, it's, it's – um, they're very fortunate, very fortunate yeah. to have these games. The Battle of the West in yep. Mackay. Like, it, it, it's outstanding. And, and they've, we'll probably talk about that game uh, later on. Well, we will. But th- they've had some close battles this year, those you know two what? teams. Yeah, they and, have. And it's one apiece. Do you know, it's, it's, it's a rivalry that stems back a, a number of years, of course, because of the Western. You know, Parramatta came in in 47. Penrith came in in 1967. But there's always been these great rivalries. But it pitchforked in at the end of 1999 when Penrith and Parramatta were going to merge. And at the last moment, the Penrith boss, Roger Cowan, he, in the 12th hour, he just said, no, nah, this isn't going to happen. And from that day on, it became an even greater rivalry between both these sides. So they've had some amazing, amazing battles. This would be no different. Well, you tell me about them. I mean, you played against Parramatta as a Penrith player. Were, it, was it a game you guys got more up for than other games? No, you get, and- up for, you get up the same for every game and you give the same intensity every game. But when you played Parramatta, there's a little bit more hate and spite right. involved in things. You know, uh, nothing illegal, but there's just always a little bit more spite and venom in everything that you did. What did you do? Especially in Ford Pack. What did you do? No, <laughs> Parramatta, <laughs> and when the merger didn't happen at the end of 99 for the 2000 season, Parramatta were coming into their own. They were 2000, 2001, they were really building as a really formidable side. Penrith were really struggling through 21, uh, 2001, 2002. So, um, so they had the upper hand and they were a cocky, brash Group as well because they, they knew they were good. And at that time, they were probably financially the more secure club, right? Oh, no, both. Both are really now, Oh, now you'd secure. say Penrith, wouldn't you? Oh, both have got really good leagues clubs, tremendous leagues clubs. And these right. have really good grants from their leagues clubs. And that changes now. But back then, really strong leagues clubs, huge development focus as well. Right. Big participation numbers. So they're always going toe to toe with a number of. Give me something that happened in a game. Can you remember a, a moment, a, a moment of spite in one of those I, crashes? I remember uh, Ben Custo, who was a little halfback, <laughs> and Mark Guy, six foot five. Yeah. And anyway, um, we're playing them at Parramatta Stadium, and there was a bit of a push and shove, and, and MG slipped, and Ben Custo gave him a little bit of a lefty, a lefty, oh, and no. hit him on the nose and cut him. No. And I remember as we were walking what? off the field, MG said to me. You got my back here. Make sure no one's watching. I'm, I'm going to attack this bloke in the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I said, MG, don't do it. And MG's eyes are rolling. And when MG's eyes are rolling, you can't get any sense to him. MG just settled down. He actually, actually had to physically guide him up the tunnel before he attacked Ben Custo in the tunnel. He actually attacked him? No, no. Ben oh, Custo had no idea it was going to happen. His life could have ended that oh, day. Oh, God. <laughs> and MG could have been doing 15 to life. Ben Custo, if you're listening uh, today, you owe Sats your life, <laughs> all right? And he'll take that in the form of a bottle of whiskey, which he'll <laughs> hand on to his friend, me. Jamison. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, lots coming up. Let's get stuck into this. Time on Off the Bench to look back on the news of the week. We don't often talk about the Gold Coast Titans on this show, but I, I want to throw this one out, uh, mate, that they've let several players go this week, about seven players. The most notable, Mitch Rain, um, he's, he's been let go. But the two biggies, Tyrone Peachy and Ash Taylor. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Many would them, argue. Many would argue Ash Taylor because he hasn't really lived up to expectations. Take away his million. Let's talk about salary. him. Let's start with take talk. away the million dollar yep. salary. He yep. came up as an 18, 19 year old with a lot of promise. Signed from the Brisbane Broncos, and 
was a was a very good classy young half and for whatever reason he hasn't lived up to those expectations but he showed signs late this year that that he could offer something but he got dropped at the end of the year I I, I don't agree with that you know what I reckon the turning point in his career was when Jared Hayne joined the club I thought I thought Ash Taylor was a really good halfback mm-hmm. and then Jared Hayne joined the club and I don't know what happened I don't know what happened behind the scenes I, it was after it was that seemed to be the turning point that Ash Taylor just wasn't the player he used to be. Now I I don't know what happened. Mm. It's just my observation. Yeah, okay. And he hasn't been the same since. Yeah, and he he I, sh- showed a little bit of little bit of form this year, but nowhere near no, where he needs to be. He's very good at his short kicking game, which is really important to a team. His defence at times this year was really good. Uh, about three quarters of the way through the season, he has he's never had a great training work ethic. And you can see that in his body shape, his body image. Um, but there are players at some stage of their career where the, the the switch just gets turned on. The trigger just turns on for some reason. And it, it happens for all different players at different ages. And I think that Ash is out of the Gold Coast now, which I don't think has been a great period of his rugby league career. But I think the next chapter – I think the next coach, the next good coach gets him at the right time. I think the f- – well, He's 26, I mate. think the switch is finally going to flick. Yeah, 26. You know, he's got, still got a good seven, eight years. You know, try not to get too technical, technical here all in relation to uh, the psyche of the human um, human brain, but the, the male human brain doesn't mature till 24. And then when you look at – That's debatable. Then when you look at – Then when you look at various positions – and you're expecting them to be as dominant as what they should be. Some of them don't mature until later after that. So yeah, yeah. maybe Ash is one of those players. I think the next coach that gets him, and if it's – Do you think it's Ricky? If it's Ricky Stewart, who's a former halfback, who can teach him a lot about the game, uh, teach him about preparation, uh, work ethic, whatever it may be, I think Ricky would be great for him. Ricky said a few weeks ago he's not not interested in him. And and they they've had some discussions. I reckon I reckon that's a perfect match, mate. I think Ricky will either make him or break him. Yep. Either way, he'll make him train hard. He, either way, he'll get a result some way, whether it's a negative result or a positive one. But Canberra are a side that really need a half. And if there's a place that's going to change your attitude, hot summer, stinking hot summers, and freezing cold winters, you need to toughen up. Mm. And I reckon Ricky would be perfect for him. And I think he'll be a great addition for them if he turns it around and listens, trains hard. I reckon you're right, mate. I think he's at the right age. I think he's right for the picking at the right price. Um, the one that I'm scratching my head about, and I know you are as well, and I, you, I think you've got the right answer on this, Sats. Tyrone Peachy, outstanding player. Um, bad fisherman, but a really good footy player. Is he, he a won- bad fisherman? Oh, he's he? terrible. I spoke to him a few weeks ago, and he, yeah. he, he I don't think, he, in that doco, he's yep. still sitting there waiting to catch a fish. <laughs> He goes, I've got all the gear. He caught a carp. That was <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. No, he can't even catch a carp. He goes to the fish shop and the bloke refuses to give him fish. This is how bad. <laughs> but Tyrone Peachy, young family. I, I really I really like this kid. And I, when, when I've seen him in action for the Titans, I've been really impressed, you know, whether it's at lock or a utility, whatever role he's playing. Why Why haven't the Titans held well, on? Well, it's, it's probably hip, and I don't know, but I, I would imagine that it's his – it's either two reasons. One, go back to training and work ethic and effect you have on the on the playing group. I don't know whether that's a negative one. And I'm not saying that I've got any intel in relation to that. That's only one reason. The other one is maybe his manager is asking for too much money and they can't afford it on the salary cap. Simple as that. 
And that's what a lot of time it comes down to because he played like a player that was playing for his future. You usually see it when players are they're yep. coming off contract and they've got to impress either the club they're at or other clubs. And he's outstanding. The reason why we like him in the modern game is his unpredictability. Mm. He doesn't play to a, a, a game plan, which can frustrate coaches if a coach wants to rely on a game plan. But the unpredictability he's got fits the narrative of the new game. Six again, play on the front foot, play what's in front of you. A little bit like Victor Radley and Jack Dubojevic and Cam Murray where they you know, they become that that third ball player outside mm. your, your half and your five-eighth. Always asking questions, good speed. He's got a good little short kicking game as well. Yeah, he would be – I wouldn't use him as a 14 at a club. I'd use him as a club that if you need a ball-playing 13 – and again, I go back to Canberra. They're using a third front rower at the moment either Sia Soliola or Ryan Sutton most of the time as number 13s. The way the game's moving forward, you've got to have another threat. If your fullback's a threat or your half or your 5'8 is a threat or your hooker's a threat, you need to have another one there. Just a little a joker in the box. And that's what Tyrone Peachy can give you. And I look at Canberra and I think if they've got Ash Taylor and Tyrone Peachy, I think their attacking game looks completely different and it takes a little bit of ownership off Jack Whiten. Do you think um, he would fit Ricky's game plan, you know how Ricky's game plan is fairly structured. Mm. Is he suitable then for that game plan? Well, yeah. I'd... Would you Would you like to coach Tyrone Peach? Oh, yeah, he'd be a dream. Yeah, right. He'd be a dream because, yes, he would go outside the box a little bit and, yeah, may get you in a bad field position, whatever it may be, but he'll ask questions and sometimes they won't come off, but sometimes they will. He'll win you more games than lose you, do you think? I think he would. What's his defence like, Sats? Yeah, he's a, he's a scrapper. Right. So he just gets in and he cleans up a lot of stuff. It goes unnoticed. And you need those guys in your side. So with the way the game is going with the rules, you need to have a 13 that plays old old school 13. Can he play the full 80 in this modern oh, yeah. game? Yeah, he's he'd, fit enough. He'd play for a week if you had to. He's one of those kids that's in the backyard. Yeah. You know, just throw him the footy and just – He's not every, very mm. – No, he's not big at all. He's he'd not be, big at he'd all, probably is he? probably 92 kilos. But again – Cam Murray's not that big. Hard to tackle. Yeah. They're hard to tackle because yeah. they're wiry and also they're really agile on their feet. They're the hardest guys to tackle. When you're a guy in the forwards, you don't mind tackling big front rowers or big back rowers that are coming down the middle. But when you've got a winger that comes in and starts Chicka Ferguson, yeah, he was impossible to tackle. So Tyrone Peachy, and the more that we keep talking about it and everyone else keeps <laughs> talking about him, his price is going up and up. So the way that he's played – has allowed the media to make him a commodity to certain clubs. Oh, I just, yeah, I'm scratching my head as to what. Maybe they just want it too much and the Titans couldn't oh, fit him in the salary I'm cap. putting it down to salary cap. Yeah, okay. No, fair mm. call. It's that time for an off-the-bench Friday night preview. Hey, is it hot in here? It's very hot. Hang on, you talk about Friday night's game. I'm going to see if the air con's on. Friday night's game, great. You got any twenty cent pieces I can put in the <laughs> Great matchup between, of course, the Roosters and, uh, and Manly and... Manly, you would think, and they are the overwhelming favourites in this game, and so they should be when it comes to their their squad. They've got a healthy squad. They've got one of the best players in the world at the moment, Tommy Trebojevic. But something tells me that this Roosters side, and, and Jace, I think you'll concur, that there's something telling me that this Roosters side, who are such a tough, tough outfit, that they'll find something in this final, even though they've lost Sam Verrill to the judiciary, they've lost Siwa Takiaho to, to injury, you look at their back row, Satili Tupanua, Angus Crichton, Victor Radley. That is world-class right there. Jabria mm. Hargraves in the front row. You've got Sam Walker who's going to play some sort of role. We don't know what role. You've got 
You got Josh Morris in the centres. You got Daniel Tupo. You got James Tedesco. When you start naming those players, you think, you know what? This is a really good outfit, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Roosters, who are paying three dollars something, that they will sneak up and pull the pants down on Manly. They've done it all year, haven't they? I mean, they haven't. I don't think they've beaten Manly this year, but they're they're. Oh, actually, have they? I have to check that. I'll go back and check that. But they've just pulled off wins when no one thought they could all year. Yep. And I I, I strongly believe that that. Gold Coast Titans team last week was a better team than the Roosters. But again, right down to the end of the game, they just found a way to win. That Sam Walker tackle, mm. where the try saver in the last 30 seconds. Well, he needed to make the tackle. This, this, is, this is what a great attribute that they've got in their players. He's only not, just turned 19 years of age. He missed the tackle on Beau for Moore, yep. who made the break. He turned and chased, made the, the match-saving tackle at the other end when James Tedesco and him worked together. Yep. They've got a really good fabric, a really good DNA, and that comes from your coach and your senior players. And you know, is their is their DNA tougher than Melbourne Melbourne's? Well, over a long period of time, it has been. Will it come to the fore when it comes to the finals Friday night? Absolutely. And you know, what I've I've always been saying I think Manly win this game on the back of Dom, Tom Trebojevich. I've flipped now. I think the Roosters will cause an upset. Yeah, there's something about it, isn't there? It's just not sitting comfortably. And I, I really think Manly were exposed last week. Well, you know, the Roosters last week against the Gold Coast Titans, the way I looked at it is that the Roosters did everything to lose the game, yep. everything in their power to lose the game. The Gold Coast didn't have enough trigger players or pressure players to win the game. And to knock them out. If the Roosters were playing another side, if they were playing South or Penrith or Melbourne, or they would have got beaten by 20. The amount of mistakes they made, the amount of – the amount of um, opportunities they presented the Gold Coast Titans. So, but they you know, they found what? a way to win. They do, and they find a way to win at the most crucial times as well. And I think, I think they may do it to Manly. Um, on the subject of Manly, can they bounce back from that? I mean, that was a flogging at the hand of the Storm. I, I thought that was going to be a very close game. Yeah, Manly uh, haven't really beaten anyone above them of great note. See, that's a really in- interesting stat. So you've got to find something different. When you get to the finals and you're playing against battle-hardened sides, you've got to find something different individually as a well, it's player. It's funny you should say that as well. And as a team, look at Wayne Bennett. Changed his whole game plan against Penrith. It was about defence, mm. tightening up. I mean, we've, we've learnt this week that they've got the best defensive record since they got belted by the Panthers 56-12. Yeah, best attacking and defence. So Biggest wake-up call for them. Absolutely. Yeah, Manly just went in there like it was any, any old premiership game, didn't they? Yeah. And didn't yeah. change anything. Well, I think they tried to, but I, I just think, don't think they had the capacity to against the Melbourne side. Again, you talk about being battle-hardened in finals. They just they'll, – they'll take you to the 79th minute if they have to or they'll strike a blow really early and they'll just continue to compound the amount of pressure they put on you. So They lost that game last week in the first 15 minutes and I've heard a lot of the experts say this week that it's a different ball game in finals in the first 15 minutes. You've got to find a different level of intensity. And you've got to feel each other out and you've just got to keep yourself in the game. You've got to get into the game, then it's start attacking. It's the, not, you know. the thing about finals is that there's all these – it's a little bit like origin – all these little battles emerge around the field. Little yeah. tiny battles emerge, every, and you've got to win every to, every one of those little tiny battles. Melbourne win every battle that you present to them most times, often than not. Manly aren't used to it yet. Yeah, Manly aren't used to it. But well, and guess what? The Roosters are. Let's see how they recover tonight in Mackay. Looking forward to it. The Sea Eagles versus 
the mighty rooster. I can't believe I said that. Uh, Let's go to a break on Off the Bench. When we come back, Chris Nelson joins us. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Yes, welcome back to Off the Bench. Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews here. And Sats, uh, it's time to bring in Chris Nelson. Queensland is your place to race this year. You were saying he does a show on SCN track on weekends. He... He rings up uh, and gives his tips. And what, six winners out of nine. 1,700 text messages. How many of those were compliments and how many were complaints, though? Have we broken well, those down? Guys. Yeah. Oh, hi, Chris. Guys, I can. Uh, I can yeah, well, hi, guys. I can tell you that they were all compliments because I sent most of them myself. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Were they the one, oh, they're the ones about being attractive. Yeah, we couldn't understand those, could we? <laughs> Only a face of mum. I'm reading some out now. Chris. Not yeah. a bad tipper, only a face a mother could love. Is that positive? That's right. Mm. <laughs> no, well, I didn't send that one. Saturday afternoon racing on the Gold Coast, Pink Ribbon Day, a very special day, mate, and I want you to help us get some uh, winners across the line. It is a very special day, uh, a great cause. 14th year this will be that the Gold Coast Turf Club has been involved with the uh, the Pink Ribbon Foundation, and I believe it started in a, in a, uh, a room there with about 50 people getting together and... Look what it's grown to now. So well, I think they've uh, raised almost or near enough to a million dollars over that nice. time since. Yep. So, yeah, it's great. And if you're heading out there tomorrow, you need to wear your pink gear. So all the pink gear at the uh, the Gold Coast tomorrow, um, it'll be a sea of pink out there. So, Jace, love pink it. caftan for you. Good Mate, weather too. I can't predicted. make it. So I would really love to go. So actually, I might even see if we can wrangle the kids and go out because they loved it. We just love sitting out on the lawn. Having a having yep. a, a kebab and, and a beer Giving and them watching a the form guide your twins, mate. They they they, they don't gamble. Early. They, they need not, to learn early. They don't gamble though, mm. but they love picking out a horse and going. Bet your mind can beat yours. Mm. So and I may put a little flutter on the bookies for them, like a couple of bucks. You know, there'll be some dodgy SP in you... the crowd. You can just get them to go up and give them a f- few bucks. Is that legal? What I've just said. Well, yeah, well, they're not gambling. Bit... Dad is. Dad's taking no, their advice are, but... and picking a horse. The thing I want to know is if the horse wins, will you give them the money or keep it to yourself? Absolutely not. I think you need to just <laughs> shut your mouth right now. Dad's at the bar. I'm, I'm, I've got empty cans all around my feet. And at, at 4.30, child protection services will be at the front gate. So. <laughs> right. this, is, this is going horribly wrong. Anyway, I'm going to do it. Bugger it. Uh, good idea. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'll take the kids uh, to the Pink Ribbon Race Day. Mate, got some tips for us? Yes, uh, it does look a punter's day. There's a couple of real short ones, and they are race six, number two, we own a smart one, and race seven, number four, Miami Flights, that both should win, but I'm not going to tip you those at $1.40 and $1.50. Race four is a 900-metre dash. Now, Tony Gollan uh, holds a very strong hand here with the resuming sugar boom, and number eight, the move. Now, the move has come up favourite and quite short, still black figures. Sugar boom was out to $4.60 earlier. Uh, that price is an absolute gift for Sugar Boom. I think uh, Sugar Boom should be favourite and the move should be second favourite. I'm not saying they'll run that way, but I am saying that Sugar Boom's price will shorten up. It just has to. She's very good fresh. She's very good at the Gold Coast over 900 and she loves dry ground. She'll just speed along in front and I don't think they can run her down. So keen on her. Race four, number two, Sugar Boom. And to Chris, I, so, you know I always mm. back any horses with the word boom in them, so mm. I'm already you on board. Yes. Booms, don't you? I love my boom, boom, one booms. One for the kids. Did you say there was a Miami Splice? Yes. Splice. 
Flice. Oh, Flice. Heidi Flice. So what you do... No, is in the late 80s, there was an adult movie called Miami Splice, which is a, a take-off of Miami <laughs> Vice. So I just thought that's, oh, oh, that's quite ironic. <laughs> but you win you win on Miami Flice tomorrow, yep. and then you go to that Chinese restaurant at Miami on the Gold Coast called Miami Rice. Exactly. There is one there. And, there and, then, you, and then you can get home and watch Miami Splice. <laughs> <laughs> Save time watching the restaurant. Now listen, what's your next tip? <laughs> Race eight, number two, more than number one, trained by Michael Costa. Now, have a look at the video of this horse's last win. It was on Gold Market Day at the Gold Coast, got back in the field near the inside in a race that was very slowly run. So the leaders should have been able to hold them off. This one came through, weaved its way through, got up outside the leader and then pulled clear late and wasn't put under any pressure whatsoever. It was a very, very impressive win. But gate number 13 on Saturday before scratchings, doesn't look good and probably not great, but you cannot go past that particular win. Forget about the barrier. Go on what we saw that day, and this horse, I think, will be winning race eight, number two, more than number one. And one more, confident in the last race. Race nine, number two, run for glory. Tony Gollan again. This time, Leah Kilner, just beaten last start behind uh, Ballistic Boy in the last drive. We know Ballistic Boy's proven that form strong, winning again. Third up, only one of three horses to go forward, three kilo claim. There is so much to like about Run for Glory in that last race. I think he'll be winning also. So pretty confident about those three, guys. All right, so if I've got this right, Chris O, uh, race four, number two, race eight, number two, and race nine, number two. Is that right? So hopefully a great day for the twos, and they don't all run second. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Hey, uh, thanks, Chris. Appreciate that. I just got an SMS from the boss to say, uh, actually, you're working <laughs> Saturday afternoon. So there goes my uh, fun. I forgot about that. Yeah. I better turn up Never here, mind. I suppose. <laughs> Yeah. Just send the kids on their own. Yeah, I've done that before. Yeah. Queenslanders Racing. Actually, I'll send the kids to work. They make more sense than me, don't they? Yeah, I agree. Done. Queenslanders Racing. Yeah, yeah. The action continues this week. You shut up. Across the Sunshine State, visit racingqueensland.com.au. Thanks, Chris O. Thanks, guys. Time for a break. And off the bench, when we come back uh, during the week, uh, we chatted to the GOAT, the greatest of all time when it comes to rugby league, Cam Smith. Pick his brain about the finals and what's going on. Talk to him next here on Off the Bench. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Um, well, this man's is the goat greatest of all time. I got admit, wasn't a big fan Jeez, until I started suck, working with him. I tell you what, as a Blues supporter, I didn't like him. He's like Wally Lewis. Wally Lewis hates being called the king. But apparently he loves being called the guy. I think oh, he, he loves does. it deep down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, uh, he's he's uh, he's on the captain's run every week, which is finally produced by yours truly. And I tell you what, out of all the work I do here, it's the show I love working on the most, better than working with you two bums, Cameron Smith. Hello, mate. <laughs> Welcome to Sports uh, Sports Day. How 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 are we going, guys? We're going all right. Really well. We're just going to leave really you well. and Woogie to have a chat. Well, he doesn't know me as Woogie, mate. It's only you two idiots who call me Woogie. He knows you as Hey You. Ah, Badge. Well done, Badge. Now now I've got a name for uh, for Jace. Woogie. Well done. It suits him, doesn't it? Thank you. Can you apologise for touching Sats' pen? Can you apologise for ripping a page out of his book that he uses (laughs) to write stuff in? Because I am sick of hearing this crap every day. Can you apologise for stealing my jersey in 2003? Well, well, I think, boys, I think we've established... The, the pen the pen usage and the 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 borrowing of a page out of Satz's notebook it all represents what he's really still filthy about and yeah. that was the the Queensland jersey so mm. I uh, look look Satz I, I wholeheartedly apologise for that mate I'm, I'm very sorry um, 
But it's yeah, not one. He would have played the next. He would have played the next thirty Origins, Cam. It's not one jersey. He said he would have been there for another ten years. You got to take it up. You got to take it up with Wayne. Yeah, that was Wayne's decision. Don't worry, I've taken it up with Wayne. That apology was going so (laughs) well. That apology was going so well till Badge jumped in and put more fuel on the fire. Yeah, I know. Referees never heard that. Oh. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Cam, firstly, I mean, I know you're getting asked a lot about who's going to win the grand final this year and who's going to uh, play well this week, but your first year yeah. out not playing in finals, how are you feeling? You get a little bit yeah. itchy or you're, you're feeling okay? Um, I'm feeling okay, like on the most part, to be, to be fair, Sats. Um, yeah, you know, I actually, I was on the sideline commentary when uh, the Storm played their first game, and, and there's probably moments in the game where you thought, oh, you know, I'd love to be out there now playing in this this type of footy. But, mate, on the on the whole, I've actually enjoyed um, not playing in the competition this year, and just actually just sitting back and watching mm. it as a spectator, and just probably looking at the game from a different sort of angle than what I have in, in the past twenty years. But um, I, I think. I guess as as the grand final gets a little bit closer, particularly heading into next week when you know the Melbourne Storm will be playing in a prelim. Um, yeah, they are the big big matches. Yeah. Um, I know. This, I know this week it's it's elimination finals and whatnot, and we had two last week. Um, yeah, the prelims and the grand finals. They're the they're the really big weekends that you want to be a part of. Did you love the week off in when, when you were player? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I did, mate. And there's always this sort of um, conversation around. Is a week off better, or would you prefer to keep going through? I'd, I'd take the week off, hands down, in front of you know wanting to to play on and try to, you know, people talk about you know trying to keep the consistency going. Well, you just you're opening yourself up to an opportunity of getting beaten and and not going through to a prelim. I, I'd take the guaranteed prelim um, opportunity over over having to play through every day of the week. Kev, mm. did you go to that uh, the the storm? Manly game. I think you you were heading up there, weren't you, last weekend? Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I was on the sideline. Yep, I was. Side, I was actually working that that game. I was doing commentary there. So um, look, it was a really impressive performance by Melbourne. I, I just feel. I don't know. If, I don't know if Manly actually turned up in the right frame of mind. And you guys have both been involved in you know, big matches and finals footy. It's a it's a step up, isn't it? Like from your regular. Um, season games, and they although they they had a really big win against the Cowboys the week before, you know when you when you're facing a Melbourne Storm side, it's a, it's a completely different prospect to, to playing against mm. the Cowboys, whose season was done. They were playing in their last game. They were probably looking forward to just getting the season over and done with. But um, yeah, I, I was sidelined, so I was ground level. I was you know watching the energy of the players and you know the talk Did of you? both teams, and 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 Melbourne Melbourne just seemed. So much more vocal and energetic, and and you could see that by the you know their actions on the field. One one small error, boys, like in the first three minutes from Manly, all of a sudden you got the cheese Brandon Smith pouncing on a loose ball, fends off two players, passes the ball to um, Isaac Lumi Lumi, and all of a sudden Melbourne Storm were up six nil and just never really looked back. Mm. But what about <laughs> you on the sideline? Did you notice Josh Adokar, who was a ball boy? <laughs> They actually took him, took the duties off him at halftime. We haven't spoken about this one. He was going crazy, wasn't he? Well, he was, and like he's and he's that type of player. Like everyone, everyone that's watched Josh play, like he's very energetic type of guy and quite vocal. That's part of his role as the winger um, of that football side. You know, to you know talk continually talk to the men inside him. 
Uh, but he, when I seen him given the, the duties of being the ball boy and he was up and down <laughs> the sideline, I was actually a little bit fearful because of the because of the sideline mice were picking up what he was saying and he was carrying <laughs> on big time with, with what he was trying to yell out to, to the boys out, out in the middle of the field. But um, I seen, I think Frank Benissi uh, took the duties off him and said, mate, they just... Did. Uh, just have a just have a seat for the second half, mate. I don't think we need <laughs> we need that. Now, what's the week off? What's the next two weeks look like from a storm perspective? When they have this week off, what does Craig um, focus yeah. on? Well, well, I think you know if if he looked back on um, you know certainly the game from Manly, where I thought they were, it was just a great team performance. There wasn't really you know one play that stood out amongst the rest, which shows you know how well they did play as a as a unit. Um, but I think he'd probably still trace back to the the previous you know month of football leading into those finals and just try to really make sure that they're on top of all the small things um, in their in their game. Um, of course, the guys that may have picked up a couple of little niggly injuries out of that that first finals match, he'd, he'd give them an opportunity, maybe an extra day or two to to rest up and and get themselves physically. Um, in good shape, um, but but to be fair, boys, all the all the guys that are fit and, and raring to go, I, he would he would have put them through their paces this week. There's no doubt about that, because he's he's always been a coach that you know he's never given players the opportunity to to feel as though the week off is is like a holiday, and really just to to switch off mentally or physically. It's he, he tries to keep the preparation as close as he can to as if they were playing. So they. I reckon they would have had a pretty sort of solid couple of sessions um, throughout this week. Maybe I reckon he may even try and replicate one either tomorrow or Saturday. Um, right. You know, less of less of course like the full on contact, but um, certainly you know the the running aspect and and the intensity of the session will will certainly be there. Um, you know, just just so you know, he the, the boxes are continue to be ticked in preparation for um, whoever they're going to be playing. Um, next weekend. Yeah, well, you know, I, as you as we said, whoever they're going to be playing, Panthers and Eels. That Woogie suggests yeah. that you don't think the Eels are much chance at all. I thought the way that Mitch Moses played last week mm. um, has put them right back in the frame, and if and if he can repeat that, they're a they're a dead set yeah. chance against the Panthers. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, well, that's the challenge, Badge. Eh? Like for Paro and particularly Mitch is is what what we've seen what, what we've come to um, be accustomed to with para is that, you know, they can show that they're as good as any team in the competition um, for one or two weeks, but then all of a sudden when when their best performance or, or you know, a good performance is needed, they just they just don't show up. Um, so, you know, that that's the big challenge for Parramatta this week is that it is, it is crunch time for them against a, a side that many have regarded as, you know, the best team in the competition over the last you know, two years, or at least, you know, in the top two, mm. um, you know, and and it is it is a, it's a huge occasion for um, Mitch and the rest of the Parramatta side because they promised their their fans so much over the you know the last handful of years, where you know they start the year well, they put themselves in a really good position, they fall away a little bit a bit, and then they're in then they're in the finals again, and they just I don't know they just they haven't been able to make a click at the right time. So, you know, if if they are able to get things right and, and play their best footy, then absolutely they're in for a chance. I, I just feel as though Penrith are a, are a, a much more rounded football side 
and that if they turn up and play the way that you know they've shown they can play over the last two seasons, I think that will be too good for Parramatta. Smithy, tell the boys what you think about South. You you, you rate them, don't you? About the bunnies? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I was really impressed with the way they played on um, last week. You know, to come out and, and play the way they did and and to get a victory against Penrith, who I think as soon as Latrell was suspended. You know, many people just went, oh, well, they just put a line through the Rabbitohs and said, well, their season's over. Whereas, you know, the the great coach, Wayne Bennett, he just, he, he wove his magic again. He took all the spotlight and all the pressure off his players, particularly their young fullback, um, you know, in the lead up to that match. Because there was a lot of pressure on him. You know, people were talking about, you know, Nathan Cleary and he's just going to bomb him all night make him come up with a heap of errors but um, you know Wayne he started his little dispute with with Ivan and it just in the lead up wasn't it fellas like the talk was just about the two coaches it wasn't about the football teams and, and what was at stake you know that what was at stake was a week off and a, and a pass through to the the prelim so he just took all all the pressure away from his football side and they went out and played really well and I guess stunned a lot of people including Penrith so now they're they're sitting pretty they've they've had the week off um, you know, and they've put themselves one one match away from a grand final. It's it's funny because when they went on that run uh, until their run ended, I think after maybe ten consecutive victories, I said to I actually said to a few people um, down here on the Gold Coast when they were asking about my opinion on who's going to go through, I actually mentioned the Bunnies. I said, mate, I actually feel as though it's going to be a Melbourne Rabbitohs grand final. Mm. I um I wish I put a little bit of money on it now because it was paying a, a bomb I think <laughs> for those two teams <laughs> to make it I think at the time it was sort of everyone was just thinking ah it's Penrith it's Penrith and Melbourne that's that's really the only two teams in it but uh, look they they're in a wonderful position now because now you know they they meet the winner of Manly and the Roosters and I just I don't know I just, I just don't know if those two teams can can sort of go all the way. Um, from the position where they started in his finals. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our Off The Bench footy tips. Yeah, let's look at the uh, Saturday night game and what a game this is. Knockout semi-final. The winner will go on to play. Congratulations, you'll get to play the Melbourne Storm in a prelim. The Panthers versus the Eels in Mackay. What a game this is going to be. It'll be amazing. Absolutely amazing. The, the forward battle alone is just it's just mouth-watering. You know, to see Regan Campbell-Gillard, former Penrith player, Junior Paulo, one of the most skillful front rows in the game, up against uh, the James Fisher-Harris and, and also Moses Leota. I mean, it's just mm. – you've got Api Corusau, um, Api Corusau, you know, trying to take some of the reins off Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary, can he bounce back after what has been, you know, a, a quiet game last week? Can Jerome Luai you know, finally start owning a rugby league game? Or can this Parramatta side, can they back up last week's finals performance? Or are they going to sit back and fall in love with themselves and say, yeah, that was great last week. Look what we can do. Well, you've got to line up again. They haven't done that all year, though. No, they, you've they got to line up again. You've got to do it up. again. Now, but they, they go well against Penrith. There's always something mm. special between these two sides. Parramatta always hold out something for, for Penrith. 
Penrith know they're coming. It's going to come down to how do Penrith re- recover from last week. You know, it's you know, that game last week against South was really physical. You know, 16-10 scoreline. You very rarely see that scoreline in the modern game with the new rules. 16-10 scoreline, that would have taken a lot out of them physically. They would have taken, an, I reckon, an extra day to recover mm. from that game. And the game with Parramatta and the Knights, not as physical. And I thought Parramatta, even though the scoreline didn't reflect it, I thought Parramatta were pretty much in control for a majority of that game. So, Will the six-day turnaround affect Parramatta? Yeah, absolutely. You need you need every half day that you can get. You need every half – because the day that you play is not classed as a, an extra day. You, yeah, right. Your mind's on. You're ready to go. You wake up, you're switched on, you're ready to play. So every half day you can get is really important. So, yeah, it will take it. But it wasn't an overly physical game, whereas yeah. the South the and Penrith game was. That was really physical. So how they pull up from that, it's going to be interesting. They do mm. get back Dylan Edwards. Gives them really good balance at the back. Moses Leota in the front row, both he and James Fisher-Harris, you know, the one-two punch that you need from your starting front row. So they're in a lot better position, Penrith, I do think, you, across the team. But um, Do you think the difference between the two teams is the dummy halves? Yeah, not, there's there's no known hooker, not a noted hooker. Ray Stone was amazing last week defensively. But that's what South did. They took mm. a defensive focus. So they've got a guy in, in the number nine jersey that his He'll whole make ga- 60 tackles. His whole game is built yeah. around really good, efficient defense. So you would think then, you'd think then that Parramatta's game plan will be defense. Oh, absolutely. And, and, when, and, they, and, and when they get and the it chance, it has to be. It attack. has to be, Jace, because it can't be about attack because you can't think that you're going to be the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. You, you, you can't out Harlem Globetrotter the Harlem Globetrotters, right? Every team has got to go in with a defensive mentality. If you go in with a really good defensive mentality, everything else just flows off it. Your attack works. You, know, you, you become more engaged in the game. and yeah. You're in the game if you've got a defensive mentality. So that's why Paramount have got – I think Penrith win. I think it's two points. Yeah, Penrith win for me. I reckon they'll yep. bounce back. And then – what about that prelim matchup? Oh, the Storm and Penrith. Yeah. Which everyone thought would be the grand final, right? Mm. Rightio, time to do this. Before we go, on Off the Bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports? NFL for me. As a lot of the codes start to wind down, and no AFL this weekend. Uh, NFL, Monday morning, 6.25, the Dallas Cowboys up against uh, San Diego. I don't know who are the LA Chargers. No, Buccaneers. No, we played the Buccaneers last last weekend. We just lost by Mm. two points on the siren because we missed two field goals. (laughs) So that's what I'm looking forward to. Plus, obviously, the the knockout semifinals are, uh, yeah, fantastic. It's just a great time to be a sports fan, isn't it? Oh, I love it, this Tommy. I'm I'm looking forward to documentary weekend. Oh, I watched... uh, Schumacher? I watched it last night. Well, that's what I'm going to watch on the weekend. I had a tear in my eye, mate. Really? It's bloody good. Worth watching? Yeah. It's, and yeah, it's very. Good. And anyone who likes NFL, there's a really good documentary series called America's Game, and they focus on the Super Bowl winners from the year before, and the new Tampa Bay Buccaneers ones just come out, which with Brady, good. of course. So yeah, it's outstanding, really, really good. So I'm looking forward to, yeah, documentary weekend. All right, mate. I'll let you go. This has been off the bench. Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews have a great weekend, everybody. See we'll ya. catch you next week. <laughs>